What's up, y'all? We are back for another episode of Dad Needs to Talk. I'm your host, Robert, and today I got to talk about some Outriders, some Zorro greatness, and lots of other stuff. So let's get into it. had a good last week um good weekend if you celebrate easter hopefully that was fun and exciting um i didn't i didn't do too much myself for easter um my wife and kids went to my wife's grandmother's house and they kind of did a little easter egg hunt out there and i I just kind of just took the day for myself to just kind of chill relax go on a uh, little adventure which i'll get into in a minute because I, of course, found found a couple more goodies. But before I get into that, you know, I just kind of just a little quick, you know, Robert Life update. My little, you know, what I've been up to in the last week before I get into the news and games and all the other fun stuff. So, I guess, like, like I said, in general, my last week has been pretty solid. Um, work has been pretty steady and busy. We got freaking 10 pallets of equipment in Friday. Um, there's about 10 pallets worth of, uh, if, if you work with an IT, some little thin client devices. So it was about 450, 480, something like that of them things in. So chipped away at it a little bit Friday before I got out of there, but I'll be diving into it full blast, um, on Monday. But yeah, so that's keeping me busy. Uh, my daughter started back her track practice on Saturday, so she was very happy to be back in that because obviously with the state of the world over the last year, I think she got to do maybe a few practices last year, but for sure she didn't get to do any actual track meets. So she was very happy and excited to be back into the swing of things there. And of course, looking to see some of her old teammates, meeting new teammates, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, you know, always fun, you know, getting the kids back into stuff. Um, <laughs> so an interesting thing that happened is my wife came across her birthday gift early. Now, as I've mentioned on a couple episodes before, I had been slowly building up a little birthday package for her that was going to include one of the new Xbox series consoles, the new Xbox wireless headset and things of that nature. Well, the headset, remember I had picked that up a few weeks, a couple weeks ago when I was out and about and happened to come across it in the store. And so I had, I've had that stashed away for like a good week and a half. Now the Xbox, of course, it came in while I'm at work. So, and my wife happened to open up the package. So, cause, okay. So generally, you know, a lot of times, you know, if stuff comes into the house, whatever, I ain't got a problem with it. Wife doesn't have a problem with it or whatever, but every now and then, you know, we might, uh, out the blue, we, it doesn't happen too often, but every now and then, you know, we might kind of like peek in the box and just see, cause you know, sometimes it's like, okay, is this something that needs to be put up in a special place? Can it just sit out until the other person comes in? So on and so forth. So, she had thought that maybe it was some equipment or something I might have ordered for my podcast and stuff. So she was, you no, know, of course, wanted to make sure she puts that up properly. But of course, 
<laughs> it was the Xbox. So she, you know, cracked it up and took a peek and she immediately said she was like, crap, I don't think I'm supposed to have seen this shit. So like I mentioned, I'm at work when all this happens. So I'm at work, you know, just at my desk doing my thing. All of a sudden I get a text that says something along, along the lines of, you think you were sneaky, sir. And of course I'm looking confused because I'm like, hey, I'm, Robert ain't been doing nothing. I ain't into no mess or nothing. So I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, she's talking about. So of course, and I just respond with just a bunch of question marks. And then she says, just simply replies, a package came. <laughs> Man, my jaw hit my freaking desk. Because immediately my, I started connecting the dots and I was like, dang it. <laughs> so, yeah, cat, cat was out of the bag. So I was like, you know what? When I got home, um, I just ended up setting up the Xbox for her and then giving her the headset as well. Because I'm like, you know what? She knows it's here. It would be kind of cruel to, you know, especially me being an IT guy, both of us being nerds and, and me being, you know, tech stuff, whatever. To me, you know, for her to know that like, hey, there is a better device I could be playing my game. She could be playing her games on. But she has to wait like three more weeks into her birthday. So I didn't want to do that to her. So we did some shuffling around. I, you know, uh, removed her Xbox One X out, out of her entertainment system in our room, moved it over to mine next to my PS5, and then hooked up the uh, the Series X or Series S, sorry, for her. So I'm still on the hunt for a Series X because the Series S was kind of a backup in case if I didn't find one in time. So still hunting and planning to get her one of those at some point. But hey, this is what we got for the time being. So, so yeah, so <laughs> wife stumbled across the birthday gift early. But hey, it is what it is. You know, what, what can you do? So, yeah, so moving on. Um, the next part. Uh, kind of a little adventure of this last weekend. I was kind of maybe debating about saving this for the manga section later, but I got to talk about this now. So on last podcast, I believe it was, I had mentioned that, hey, I finally started dipping into, you know, getting some physical manga and I had bought, you know, the uh, 20th Century Boys uh, volume one of the perfect edition. Well, so since then, I've picked up a couple more things. So, uh, mid last week or whatever, I just decided to stop by a Barnes and Noble just to kind of look around. And the one over here by where I stay at near the mall, they had you know a pretty solid collection. Um, better than what I found at the comic shop that I got uh, the Twenty Century Boys book from last time, and then. Uh, a little bit better than what I found over at uh, Anime Pop out in Dallas. So, you know, browsing around, looking at stuff, whatever. And so they had a handful of Vinland Saga books. So I was kind of you know, glancing through because I think, I think I had found some at a previous place, but it was so far ahead of where the anime had stopped that, you know, I decided like, eh, you know, that's way too far ahead, you know, obviously I'll pass on or whatever. Well, I kind of browsed through the books and I found like, okay, the anime stops. And this is some knowledge for anybody that might be interested in this. The Villain Saga season one anime stops 
at the end of book four of uh and, and these books it's like a collection of like a i think it's like double i think it's like two volumes per book so book four not volume four book four um has the end of the uh, season one anime but the downside is that it has the first two chapters for the next arc sadly i didn't buy that book because it's like hey okay like literally 90 percent 95 percent of this book is stuff i've already seen and stuff from the anime so i'm not gonna buy a whole book just for those two chapters but what i did do is i had bought books five six and seven just hey boom just gonna go ahead and just knock them out um the cover of these things are freaking beautiful looks really nice and so what i'm planning to do is i'm just gonna uh i'm just gonna find online uh, those two chapters and just read them online and then continue in the book so so yeah so i bought those two at barnes and nobles um along with freaking getting a, a freaking membership because i was like you know what i'm getting into buying these physical mangas and stuff and plus i'm planning to you know more frequently take my kids to get more books for their collections and stuff so i was like you know what since i'll probably come here more often i'll just go ahead and, and go ahead and uh get this membership thing because it gets you no know, discounts on books and all that stuff whatever so figure hey this will come in handy you know down the road so fast forward a couple more days and was it another place i think i think that's the same original comic shop or whatever and they have villain saga book 11 so i was like you know what i'm kind of seeing these things kind of few and far in between so i'm like i haven't even started reading what i have and this one is you know like a few books ahead of the last one i even have but i was like you know what i have it or i see it i'll just go ahead and buy it and i'll just have it for hey whenever the time comes i'll have it so <laughs> bought that as well now today my uh the the adventure i went on on this easter sunday uh so when i was at that comic shop you know i was kind of asking him actually yeah that kind of connects to me buying that the book 11 of inland saga I had just kind of asked the person at the counter, like, hey, you know, how often do y'all get, you know, like the Vinland Saga stuff, whatever, in? And the guy was like, ah, every now and then. But, you know, of course, they can special order stuff if, you know, if you, you know, want to. And they'll, you know, call you or whatever whenever it comes in. But he would tell me that, like, if I was interested in, you know, maybe finding somewhere that maybe had a bigger collection, there is a store called Kino Kunia. So I'm looking at the bag right here because like I said, I had went to the store today. So they have locations, uh, you know, kind of across the U.S. Um, but of course, I, I went to the one here in Carrollton within the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area here in Texas. So I went there today um, and I, I guess I'll just kind of give like a little quick shout out before I get too deep into this, whatever, because look at this bag. So. For anybody that's, that's interested, like I said, it's called uh, Kino Cunia, and they have locations in New York, New Jersey, Chicago, Austin, Carrollton, Plano, Katy, Portland, Beaverton, Seattle, San Francisco, San Jose, Los Angeles, and Santa Monica. That's all the places they have um, here in the U.S. and like one, two, three, four, about like four or five of those are in Texas alone. And like another 
three or four are in California. So, so yeah, so definitely go check them out. So, yeah, so I went to this place and it felt like I was in manga heaven. So, this store, um, I, I, I guess in general, I was kind of shocked because this whole little like shopping center seemed to be very Asian culture uh, specific. Because as I'm you know, kind of going through parking and stuff, whatever, I'm seeing all types of restaurants and stores and and like literally like 95% of the people I see walking around, you know, people from different, you know, Asian backgrounds. So, so I was like, whoa, okay, this is pretty cool, you know, because, you know, hey, like I said, I didn't even know that this place existed, let alone it was kind of this whole like little subculture corner that I've passed by I've passed through that area plenty of times coming and going up and down through DFW but um but yeah so so I go into the store and you first walk in and it's like they have like a whole front table that has a bunch of manga for My Hero Academia uh, The Way of the House Husband and other stuff and so they had you know of course manga in English Japanese light novels, all types of little uh, uh, tchotchkes and mugs and wall scrolls, everything across the board, toys, whatever, figures. Oof, so much. <laughs> um, I, I think I was in there for like a good like hour and some change. And I've, you know, I, I, of course, like I said, I, you know, I've been to other like comic stores and like some other kind of like more like smaller manga stores but you know it's always kind of like, like a mixed bag majority of them which i guess in some ways i kind of appreciate like a lot of the other stores will you know the books aren't majority of the books on the shelves aren't wrapped which for me is good because okay i can kind of you know open up the book flip through the pages and you know for the case of like villain saga i was trying to figure out like, okay which one of these is where i stopped it with the anime so on and so forth but in this uh kino kunia store Everything is sealed, brand new, packaged, very nice, and it was just freaking awesome just like walking through the aisles and seeing a whole, just whole shelf and a half of just nothing but Jujutsu Kaisen, nothing but Demon Slayer. Uh, they had all of the 20th Century Boy Perfect Editions. They had all of Magi, all of... You know, like One Piece, all of all these other series and stuff. Um, and it was just freaking just like I said, just I keep saying awesome, but it was freaking awesome. Um, and I saw they had like a good chunk, if not majority of Kingdom. I had never I've never seen Kingdom, a physical copy of Kingdom, because as some of you may know, Kingdom has never been officially licensed outside of Japan. So there are no. Uh, at least still to my knowledge, there are no readily available English copies of those volumes, but they had, you know, of course, all of them Japanese and, you know, the Japanese volumes or whatever. So really cool seeing that, like I said, the whole light novel section, so on and so forth. Um, it was just really cool just being in that environment, um, seeing this young kid walking by with like freaking four to six volumes of Demon Slayer. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I see why why the sales keep they keep breaking records. I'm a percent kids walking around with like five purchasing five, six volumes of this thing. Um and you know, like I said, just kind of just being in that environment, 
hearing people having conversations about different shows and different series and so on and so forth. So, uh, before I ramble on too long, so the couple of things I picked up today was I had went ahead and just snagged um, the volume uh, volume two of that 20th Century Boys Perfect Edition because I was like, you know what, go ahead and just at least have the first couple of volumes. And then they had pretty much all of the books for Vinland Saga. So they had, you know, like I said, I had bought, you know, five through seven uh, earlier in the week. And then I bought volume 11 yesterday, I think. Or book 11, I should say. Well, they had books. I think they had everything like book two through 11. So I was like, I was almost tempted to go ahead and buy book eight. But I was like, you know what? No, <laughs> I need to actually start reading some of these before I just keep buying and buying and buying. But I did find another uh, cool find. It was this book called, um, or this series called Muji Rushi, The Sign of Dreams. Now, this is made by, the author is Naoki Urasawa. This is the same person, the same author and creator of 20th Century Boys, Monster, Pluto, and several other series. So I saw that name and it was the only copy of it on the shelf. And so I saw the name and I'm like, is that the same guy? And I, and I was walking around with the, with the uh, 20th Century Boys Volume 2 and I held him side by side. I was like, yep, that's the same author. So um, I did, did a little you know, research into it or whatever. And so it's actually like his mo one of his most recent series. He, he has a new series he started after this one that's still ongoing, but this was one of his most recent works that he did. And it's classified, it's classified as the genre mystery demographic sinning. And so looked into it and it's, it's a short series. They collected all of it into this one volume. Um, and so, yeah, so the cover of it is just a little girl with a pink hoodie, little pigtails. And the plot summary is young businessman Kamada decides to cheat on his taxes in order to save money to take his wife on a luxury cruise. After a surprise audit, he loses both his business and his wife. On the verge of suicide, Kamada and his daughter Kasumi are led by a crow and a mysterious symbol to the France Research Institute where they meet the flamboyant director, a man who claims he can change Commodore's fate with the daring painting heist at the Louvre Museum in Paris. So I was like, hey, what the heck? Why not? <laughs> you know, I'll give this a shot. Because like I said, you know, hey, you know, because uh, one, one, one rule I'm trying to set with myself with buying these physical volumes is one, I'm trying not to buy stuff that I have already read um, or I'm actively reading stuff like, you know, One Piece, My Hero Academia, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, stuff like that. And just kind of leaving more to stuff like, you know, like, so like this series, this Mujirushu is like, oh, okay, this is a new thing. It's, you know, this is the only volume of it. The whole series is in this one book. Same thing with like 20th Century Boys. It's like, hey, that one's not easily accessible as far as like online, at least legally. So I'm like, you know what? I'll get that. Same thing with Villain Saga. Not super really available. So I'm trying to restrict myself to certain things like that. So uh, yeah, 
So I'm going to try to you know, start with you know these, try to get through these. Um, I did say they also had a uh, majority of uh, the series Vagabond. That one's another one on my list of stuff that I need to check out. I know, I know that one's kind of as highly regarded as to, as like Vinland Saga. So um, that's definitely on my list to kind of get to and check out. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, getting back to that story in the future as well as, you know, Barnes and Nobles and stuff and, you know, digging more into more series. But yeah, just kind of want to give a little brief update. I know I kind of <laughs> rambled a bit, but hey, uh, just just like sharing these little experiences and stuff with y'all. So uh, take a quick break and I'll be back with some news. So continuing on with some news, um, this will be a couple, couple just a little quick bullet points. I won't go too long on these because... <laughs> Like I said, I got, I got a lot of more interesting stuff I want to dive into in the other sections. But uh, news-wise, so big thing that was announced at the end of last week. So MLB The Show. For those that don't know, you know, MLB The Show is always been a PlayStation-exclusive baseball franchise game. So, you know, back in the day, you know, PlayStation had MLB The Show Xbox had uh, what's it called? What is it like? MVP Baseball or MLB? I can't remember what it was, but basically that hasn't happened or that stopped happening like back during the Xbox 360 era. Um, and so yeah, so pretty much PlayStation has been the only one that's had a licensed sim baseball game. Well, so end of last year they had announced that uh. Basically, with the renewal of the contract for that license, because, you know, not only is the series a PlayStation exclusive, it's also made by a internal PlayStation development studio. So, uh, anywho, going on. So, they had announced a while back that, hey, this series is finally coming to the Xbox and I think eventually the Nintendo Switch. So, that within itself was, hey, big, big deal more people getting to play this series, but the real bomb news was they announced that on launch day, so the game comes out, MLB The Show uh, 2021 comes out on April 20th, so 4-20-2021, and when it comes out on Xbox, it will be available day and date on Xbox Game Pass. That is really big news. Um... You know, it might be the show, like I said, not only leaving, not only going to other platforms, but the fact that it's going to be available, hey, on this, on, on Xbox Game Pass is a pretty big deal. So, yeah, um, if you're interested in, you know, and if you're you know, a baseball fan and you were looking forward to the game and you had an Xbox, well, hey, here's even more incentive to to pick it up and check it out. So, yeah, it might be the show coming to Game Pass on launch day on April 20th. Moving right along. So, <laughs> sad news. Uh, this summer, PlayStation will be closing the digital stores for PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, and the PSP, PlayStation Portable. Now, if you already have any games and stuff that you've already purchased in the past, you will still have access to those things and you'll still be able to, you know, download them but as far as new purchases unfortunately that's going away starting this summer um yeah 
pretty, pretty sad news to hear. Um, granted, I know, hey, you know, the, those systems are a little bit older. Uh, well, the Vita, not so much, but, you know, the PSP and the PS3 kind of, you know, going on a decade plus older. And so it, make, it makes some sense, but at the same time, it's still sad. I always losing access to be able to purchase this type of stuff. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I think I think one day in the future, not, not today, but one day in the future, I might do like a special... Uh, episode or something talking about like some of my favorites or memories of these three consoles and some of the games so so yeah so like I said, that's kind of just more of a you know PSA of just like hey if there's anything digitally that you're looking forward to getting for those for those devices go ahead and get them now because um, I'm pretty sure once those stores closes the physical the price of the physical copies of some stuff especially like rare games and stuff is going to skyrocket through the roof so yeah just be aware of that uh next thing so they finally put out a trailer for space jam 2 with lebron james so i checked it out you know don't have too many thoughts on it you know it looks interesting and i'm hey i'm gonna watch it because it's gonna be on freaking um hbo max so why not so but yeah it, it, it's gonna be interesting just seeing how this goes um you know seeing it you know, uh, Don Cheadle was in it as well and stuff. And so, and seeing LeBron turn into like a cartoon looking character and all that jazz. So, so yeah, so I'll, you know, like, so I'm gonna check it out. Um, I have a lot of fond memories for the original Space Jam movie with Michael Jordan back in the nineties. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna look in, look into it and check it out. So be on the lookout for, I think that comes out, I think this summer, maybe. If I remember correctly. Um, yeah. So. Trucking on along. So. Uh, last p uh, piece of news. For my fellow anime fans. Specifically. The JoJo's Bizarre Adventure crowd. Uh, over the weekend. They finally officially announced. That they are. Uh, doing JoJo's Part 6. Which is a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean, if I remember correctly. Um, and the main JoJo of that is... Let me make sure I'm getting the name. I believe it's Jotaro's daughter. Um, I think I think her name is Joseline or something like that. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, Jotaro's daughter will be the main character of JoJo Part 6. Um, like I said, Stone Ocean. They didn't announce like a specific time frame of when that's going to be coming out and stuff. But hey, cool for them to finally at least just like, hey, get it announced and out there. Because um, they, they did like a whole like JoJo presentation thing over the weekend. So, but, um, but yeah, so I was excited for more JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, I know a lot of people were kind of iffy on it because of course like, like the style and stuff or whatever is kind of very unique and different. Um, cause hey, even, you know, when I, when I go to the stores and I'll be looking at the, uh, like the physical books for the JoJo series, they stand out. They are very colorful, very distinct. Like you can tell, Hey, okay, this is the JoJo section. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so look out for that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure part six stone ocean coming sometime in the next, in the near future. So yeah, um, that's it for the news. Going to take another quick break and we're going to jump into some games. All right, now let's get into some video games. So, I only have one game to talk about this week. Um, if you've been listening before, 
you can probably guess Outriders. Outriders has been consuming my time majority of the last few days since it came out. Now, just as a brief refresher, you know, Outriders um, developed by People Can Fly, the studio that did Bulletstorm back in the day, as well as uh, Gears of War Judgment. Um, and, you know, and, and it's published by Square Enix. But, um, but yeah, um, and, and also another reminder, uh, Outriders is out on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, all the Xbox consoles, um, including via Game Pass, PC, Steam, and Epic, as well as, I believe, like, the NVIDIA streaming service thing, I don't know, but, um, but yeah, so that's all the places you can get it on. Um, I'm playing it on PlayStation 5, and my wife is going to be playing it on um, her Xbox Series S. She hasn't, like, started it yet, she just, you know... Got it installed. She created her character. She's planning to dive into it over the next coming days where her and her squad can get together. So, um, so yeah, so, uh, collectively, so I think I, I got to look at my playtime, uh, earlier. And so back in the demo, I put in about 15 to 18 hours in the demo alone. And that was me, you know, playing all four classes, maxing them out at that current level cap at the time, which was seven. And then you know, I took one of those characters, the trickster class, and picked up and, and continued from there into the main game. So I've put about six hours into it over the last few days. And so, you know, collectively that put me at I've put about twenty-five hours into the game collectively, roughly. Um, you know, give or take a couple hours here and there. So but basically that's rough about twenty hours. So I'm freaking loving the game. I'm having a blast with it. Um, yeah, you know, there have been some server issues and disconnects and stuff like that, but, you know, games nowadays, it's sad to say, but, you know, games nowadays, they have, like, an online component. We, you know, still have, from time to time, you know, those kind of launch day, weekend, week, um, issues and stuff. It is what it is. You know, hey, during, during some of those times when it was like, hey, Servers are having problems. I was like, you know what? Instead of me getting mad about it, I'll just take a break. I'll go catch up on some manga, watch some TV shows, something or whatever, to fill in a little bit of time, and then I'll come back. So, but uh, but yeah, so diving in, um, like I said, Outriders, I'm freaking loving it, having a blast with it, um, getting to now venturing outside of that initial area that was in the demo. I have gone to about. I think maybe like three other primary locations. So the game, you know, you're kind of a, I, I, I guess I'll take a step back just in case if somebody's listening to this for the first time, don't know what Outriders is or as far as like the premise of it or whatever. So basically the story of it is that basically earth got to a point to where life was barely sustainable anymore I guess in all these wars and just whatever's going on, Earth is basically unlivable. So some program, choice thing, whatever, they selected, you know, a bunch of people, loaded them on a ship, um, put a good chunk of them into uh, cryogenic pods and traveled, you know, space, whatever, for many years. I, I don't maybe like I don't think it was 100 years, but basically a long time. And so they reached this new planet called Enoch. No, it's supposed to be sustainable. 
So, you know, they get there, start, you know, kind of exploring, trying to set up or whatever. They get into this this initial forest and hey, mild spoilers for like for the start of the game, but get into this forest. It's this weird kind of like black goop fungus stuff in the air. It starts getting into people, infecting them. They start people start getting sick, dying, so on and so forth. And then this giant kind of like storm passes through that they call the anomaly. Passes through, people start getting killed, so on and so forth. And so during the chaos, you know, people these two factions start fighting. Uh, you get injured in the process, and they toss you back into a cryopod to try to, you know, hey, save you, whatever. So they skip ahead. You're you're in the cryopod for like, what was it like, forty, fifty years, something like that? Because basically, you come out. The world looks like crap uh, because of how these uh, anomaly storms are going on. People aren't able to venture out further past that forest that you were in at the beginning of the game. And so, you know, there's all these different factions. Humanity has been divided. Um, there's still a ship up in space that they can no longer call supplies and stuff down for because of due to the... Uh, the electromagnetic electromagnetic waves of this anomaly storm or whatever, they can't send a signal back up to the ship to like, hey, send us supplies down to the planet or whatever. So so yeah, so things are pretty effed at the moment. Um but yeah, but that's kind of you know the general premise of the game. So continuing on. So like I said, loving picking up where the where the game is going so far. You know, I've I've met the uh the kind of scientist dude and so, you know, we're kind of on this journey to, uh, of course, discover where this last signal is coming from. And so it's taking us to a couple of different areas. Um, it's been really cool seeing the variety of new locations, new enemies. And when I say enemies, I'm not talking about just regular people. I'm talking about all types of like creatures and monsters as well. Um, and of course, other people that have abilities like you that you're fighting against and stuff and uh, and getting a chance to see like all these different uh, weapon types with these different uh, perks and stuff on it. I've I've gotten a gun that basically shoots these ice bullets and it's a freaking cool effect to see, you know, there's been times where like I've teleported behind a dude shot him and it kind of he starts you know flying forward but then getting frozen in the air um the shotgun i have now has this kind of like like volcanic ash ability so it kind of like encases people in this like layer of like volcanic ash and and molten rock and stuff um and yeah so the game has been fun i've been loving just seeing all the new abilities I've been getting and stuff. Uh, and one, one thing that has surprised me though is it has been like some of the, uh, like some of like the side quests and side stories and stuff. And some of them have kind of been pretty personal and touching, you know, like I said, which surprised me, um, you know, cause overall the main story is kind of, you know, it's decent, but it's kind of like little, little goofy, little boss on the wall with some of the stuff. But some of these side stories, just like, you know, one of them, uh, mild spoilers, you know, kind of helped a guy uh, get back to a house 
that he used to have or whatever that kind of got overrun by bandits and so on and so forth. So you get back to the house and then there's like, you know, painted on the side of the house is like liar, traitor, something like that. And then there's like three graves with crosses out in the yard. And so through talking to him, as well as finding notes in the house. So this guy used to be, basically he used to have like a leadership position within that camp or whatever. But, you know, of course, like I said, with him having, and you find out that the graves are his wife and two daughters. And so of course him, you know, having a family, he was stealing supplies, you know, for his family, for his kids and stuff like that or whatever. And of course people found out and I guess they ended up, you know, hurting and killing his family. And so the guy kind of just, you know, wants to get back to the kind of, you know, just be within their presence and stuff. So, and so that was kind of one of the first ones I was like, whoa, okay. Was not expecting this, you know, level, this type of storytelling, you know, judging by, you know, how the game initially went. But, um, but yeah, um, I'm really liking it. Um, had a lot of fun, like I said, with the different locations and stuff. One of them was like this like snowy mountain area that, uh, I'm trying to think, no, this was two different places, but one was like a snowy mountain area that you needed to, you know, of course, like get through to, uh, to free up the kind of like, uh, gondola things that could take you and the scientists to the radio tower and so on and so forth. So you try to help track down the, the, uh, beacon. Another location was kind of like a, volcanic area and it it just looks so freaking cool you just see like the freaking lava and stuff just kind of like spewing out the sides of the mountains and then you find another slight spoiler one of the bosses is it's is kind of like giant volcanic spider looking thing and so that boss fight takes place within the volcano so that was just like very cool just like because as you're kind of like making your way through that area because you kind of end up doing it because some of the people that you're there assisting, they're like, well, you know, we're not able to explore past this point because there is something, some creature, something near the volcano that keeps on killing our people. And so, you know, so basically, you know, hey, you go in to deal with the problem. And as you're kind of going through the area, you start seeing these glimpses from a distance of this spider looking thing crawling along the sides of the mountain. But it's not until, you know, you get into the boss fight, you realize, like, man, this thing is freaking humongous. Um, kind of reminds me of, like, like, the giant spider I saw recently in the uh, um, Demon Souls remake. Um, that giant spider that you had to fight and stuff. But, um, but, yeah, so that was a super fun boss fight. And, uh, yeah, in general, I'm having a blast with it. Like I said, issues and problems aside, the game is super fun. If you're looking for a... A shooter type of game, looter shooter type of game that's just PVE, no multiplayer, whatever. Like, you know, I would definitely recommend giving this a try, especially if you have Xbox and Game Pass. Hey, definitely. Um, now, you can play up to three people co op. Um, so far, I've been rolling just solo for the most part, and it's been fine because you can adjust. So basically, out of the game on default is set to go up basically like difficulty levels steadily as you progress through the game. But at any point in time, if you feel like, hey, this area is a little bit too difficult, on the fly, like even in the middle of combat, you can 
pause, turn the difficulty down one level, two, three, however you want to do it, and continue playing. So that's that's very awesome and helpful that the game can do that. So yeah, um, Outrider is my main game I'm playing at the moment. So um, I I had a feeling it was gonna get the get its hooks in me. Um, like of course, obviously I put freaking. 15 hours into the demo, sorry, it had me, but on launch night, I got to play maybe like 30, 40 minutes before I went to bed, <laughs> and I'm all, I was already having a half fever dream, middle of the night, I wake up, and my, my three-year-old son, Vash, had us snuck in the room, and I woke up, and he's just in the bed next to me, chilling between me and my wife, and I remember mumbling stuff to him about Outriders. And I'm pretty sure my three-year-old son is probably looking at me like, like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about, dad, but sure, <laughs> whatever, bro, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, it, it, I was, yeah. In that moment, I was like, okay, barely got to play a little bit on lunch night, and I'm already having a fever dream talking to my three-year-old about the game. So, must be doing something right. It's going to be a fun journey. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, putting more time into it. And seeing where this adventure goes. So once again, that is Outriders. So take another quick break. And we're going to come back and talk about some TV and anime shows. All right. So going on. So moving into TV shows and just just shows in general I've been watching this week. We'll start off with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier Episode 3. So this week we kind of... uh continue our adventure and Bucky and Falcon end up going to visit, I guess primarily Bucky, um, end up going to visit um, Zemo in prison and end up <laughs> helping the dude break out of jail so that they can, you know, find clues and stuff for, you know, for, uh, for what they're trying to do. Yeah, for, for their adventure they're trying to get into. It, it was really fun seeing these three guys um on on a little adventure together, you know, seeing Zemo, you know, straight out of jail, already got his private jet waiting, his fur coat, all that stuff. Um <laughs> I I love the scene where they had to basically play a part to get inside this club to, uh, I guess, I think, trying, I think they were trying to get more information on, I think it was the broker or something like that. Um, and Sam basically had to dress up as this uh, pimp looking guy. <laughs> and so it, it was just like, just really funny just watching them. It, it's, it, it was just funny just in general, just watching all three of them kind of just interact and stuff. Um, yeah. Um, don't, don't really have too much to kind of break down into, into the episode. Um, just, just kind of want to just to say, Hey, fun episode, definitely check it out. Um, so I'm kind of like scrolling through my notes again, just seeing stuff. Uh, I guess, uh, oh yeah. Seeing, uh, Sharon Carter pop back up out of nowhere was a nice surprise. Her helping the team, helping the guys out, um, as they're trying to maneuver through, uh, through this city, oh, uh, what's it called, a uh, Madripoor, and so seeing all four of them kind of going in, um, her doing that badass kind of John Wick esque scene, um, when they were kind of like in the uh, container, the shipping container 
area where um, Zemo, Bucky, and Sam were, and they're trying to talk to the scientist dude that was making the uh, the super soldier serum and seeing her get to just kick so much butt outside all these dudes and stuff so so yeah so lots of uh interesting kind of like theories you know people trying to figure out like who this uh power broker person is and what was the other thing uh at the very end of the episode uh one of the soldiers from wakanda came to i guess basically to try to to, to take down Zemo, since he was not responsible for killing the previous king, um, T'Challa's uh, father and stuff. So, uh, T'Chaka, yeah, that's his name. Uh, so, yeah, so very interested to see where things go with that in the next episode. But, yeah, overall, you know, very fun. Like I said, still having a fun time. Uh, <laughs> watching these episodes i might I'm, I'm debating about maybe i should start uh like recording my immediate thoughts after the episode because i'm because like right now i'm like man it's like so many different shows and manga stuff going on trying to keep everything you know on track in my mind you know two three days after the fact so i don't know we'll, we'll see how this goes maybe it might even turn to a hey i might not you know uh comment on every episode every week maybe like you know every other week or something like that but uh but we'll see you know just you know this is all kind of learning experience so so yeah so moving on all right next on the list is invincible episode four so yeah um another great episode um like i mentioned last time i really enjoyed those first three episodes that they put out um and just as a reminder invincible the animated comic superhero show um currently streaming on amazon prime uh, or prime video however you want to phrase it um it's the you know comic book series created by robert kirkman creator of the walking dead so moving on uh yeah th this was just like you know another really fun episode um kind of getting to see I, I guess like seeing Mark step up and kind of do more, lots of things kind of like hinted at and teased. Uh, so I guess I kind of know back up a bit. So, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the, uh, can't think of his name, but basically the, the demon detective guy, obviously is still very suspicious of Omni-Man as he should. <laughs> and so, you know, him kind of going around, investigating stuff um he, you know at the end of last episode him kind of planting the seeds of doubt into omni-man's wife and so having her kind of looking up stuff researching stuff asking questions and so uh so yeah so and you know seeing where all this stuff is gonna go um switching over to uh mark getting to see him you know attempt this whole dating thing with uh Amber, yeah, seeing uh, Mark, you know, trying to progress the relationship for her with uh, with Amber, and you know, like him, him attempting to uh, take her out on a date and stuff, and then 
him taking on this mission to go to Mars. That was a very fun uh, section of the episode, um, especially when, when he had to try to figure out an excuse, you know, to tell her of like, hey, I know we just started dating, but hey, I'm going, got to go on this, basically this quote unquote trip <laughs> and stuff was trying to, trying to be as, as super plain and vague as possible. And so, yeah, so that was very cool. Like him doing that up until like the literal last second as, you know, he's sitting on the TV in the background behind her. They're doing the countdown to launch and stuff. And so, uh, but anywho, yeah, Mark going off into space to Mars with these astronauts, you know, trying to hide out and keep it low key. But of course, hey, freaking dumb teenager, you know, his phone goes dead. He falls asleep. All the astronauts get abducted by some Martians taken underground. And then basically they said, hey, they got to kill these people because they can't basically can't basically can't let them off the planet and because of potential risk. Uh, these basically kind of like face hugger looking alien creatures that, you know, attach themselves to your face and like take over your mind. And so, you know, on their own, they're pretty, you know, dumb creatures. But if they can attach themselves to something with enough intelligence, then it'll, you know, control and gather the rest of them to work and cooperate together. And so, of course, you know, they're escaping off the planet. Secretly, one of the astronauts got taken over by one of the little facehugger things. And now, you know, when Mark gets them off the planet, uh, one of the people that got taken over, you know, gets the other uh, facehugger things to attack the Martians. And so all hell's broken loose there. Um, meanwhile, back on Earth, Omni, my, Omni Man is, you know, uh, or Nolan is his normal name. Nolan is attempting to, you know, trying to, to reconcile and make things better with his wife. So they go on a little date, um, I think in Paris or somewhere to where they had their kind of like first date back in the day. And so talking about, you know, trust and so on and so forth. And a freaking think a dragon or something crazy begins attacking the city behind them, and his wife is freaking out like, "Uh, hey, or are you gonna <laughs> do anything?" And he's basically like being an a hole, basically like, "No, nah, I, I am, I am off today, spending time with my wife. You know, basically let let the military or whoever let them earn their keep and take care of it themselves." And that was just you no know, wild, you know. Just watching him just nonchalantly just sitting there trying to talk to his wife while half the freaking city behind them is getting decimated by the freaking dragon thing. So, yeah. Uh, other things. So, back, back to the to the demon dude. They end up catching him and doing a, a spell, incantation, whatever to send him back to hell. And so as he's being sent back, he asks the kind of like head commissioner dude of, of the hero organization about like, Hey, we all know it's Omni man that killed, you know, the, the league members or whatever. And basically the guy is like, I think his name is Cecil. He's like, yeah, we know, but 
basically they need they need to just like let this go for a little bit while they figure out some other stuff and so so yeah so very curious to see how that goes obviously it's not the last time we're gonna see the the demon guy um but yeah um like i said still still loving the episode um like i said lots of cool stuff kind of hinted at and teased the uh the blue alien dude that uh that can basically make clones of himself he's built up another lab and and started to make another clone of himself uh the robot guy's up to some stuff because he stole the blood from one of the uh one of the new heroes and so like i said it's a lot of seeds being planted for a lot of stuff that's like okay I'm curious to see where this stuff is going to go in the future. Um, and that definitely kind of further tempts me to go ahead and jump into the comic book. Now, uh, just another little PSA for anybody that's interested. Um, majority of the comic series is on sale at the moment. I had bought the first compendium, which is like 40 something issues of the comic. I think it's like three or four of the compendiums, I think maybe three, because it's like 140 something issues out of get all together, if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah, so if you're interested, check those out. Like I said, the compendiums are like on sale for like $20 a piece right now, or something like that. And I think Comixology might even have like a good chunk of it available for members out the gate or something, or whatever. So yeah, so look into that. Um, one way or another, I'm definitely at some point, whether it be once this season is over or at some point before then, I'm definitely going to be diving into reading this because uh, yeah, I'm very excited and interested in seeing where this all goes. So, yeah. Um, and, and last little thing, I kind of want to give a little shout out to uh, a few days ago, the uh, the people over at Kind of Funny, uh, they did a interview with Robert Kirkman. And so that was just a really cool interview where they're basically just talking about talking to him about obviously the main topic is Invincible, the comic, the TV show, how this all came to be. But they also kind of touch on a little bit, a little bit of, you know, his history of working on and creating the Walking Dead series, um, you know, the TV show, the comic on that. And just just other just kind of fun general discussion and stuff as well. So definitely, you know, give that a listen to. Um like I said, it's over on the uh, YouTube.com slash uh, Kinda Funny. It's one of their uh, podcasts. Just search for, you know, Kinda Funny, Robert Kirkman, you know, Invincible. And it'll pop up. Like I said, it was just a few days ago. So, uh, so yeah. So, that that's Invincible. Like I said, once again, uh, that's available to watch on Amazon. So, definitely go check it out. Once again, hey. Very graphic and mature content. So even though it's a comic book animated series, it is not for kids. <laughs> so keep that in mind. So, yeah. All right. And kind of uh, rounding off the uh, show stuff, whatever. These be just kind of some little just like quick hits of a few things I kind of been checking out or getting into. So I had watched the uh, the first episode of the uh, the Shaman King remake so shaman king i think that came out like early 2000s or something like that it already had one anime series run but like a lot of the stuff 
I believe that had finished or it didn't incorporate the full story. So, uh, at least right now, I don't know if they're going to, if they're going to try to adapt the whole manga series or if they're doing it in parts. But right now, Shaman King is listed for, I think like 50 something episodes. So we'll see how that goes. But, uh, but yeah, but so far first episode was really cool. Like I said, I have, I don't have much prior knowledge or, or history with this series. You know, I've heard of the name Shaman, excuse me, Shaman King many times over the years. I know a lot of people hold it in pretty decent regard. And so, uh, so yeah, so just excited to finally get a chance to, uh, to check it out. Now, unfortunately it is one of those, uh, Netflix Japan exclusive shows. So officially it's only streaming, um, week to week in Japan and it won't be coming out elsewhere until who knows when, um, generally in the past, this doesn't get put onto Netflix and other regions until the whole series has ran, which is going to suck because with it being minimum 50 something episodes, that's going to be at least sometime next year, perhaps before more people get a chance to see this. And so, uh, so yeah, so of course I, you know, I found it online. That's all I'll say about that. I found a site online, watched it there just because I'm like, Hey, I've been interested in, uh, very, in, you know, curious about watching the show finally since they announced it last year or whatever. And then leading up to, you know, it coming out you know, within the last couple of weeks, they're like, Oh, Hey, Netflix got the rights to it. So, you know, I, I hope that in the future, they figure that stuff out because it's weird that like in Japan, they stream shows week to week on Netflix, but everywhere else, they just do the binge model where it's like, Hey, we just dump the whole series or whole season or whatever then. So who knows? We'll see. But yeah, Shaman King remake. Um, other thing too, Hey, you know, as, as usual, uh, you know, still watching, uh, Craig of the Creek as new episodes of that come out. Um, just, just wanted to give a little shout out to that show. Um, it's a very cool show. It's on Cartoon Network, but, um, I had bought, I've been buying the seasons on YouTube. Um, and as new episodes come out every week, it just updates, whatever. And I think they have the first like couple, few seasons are also on HBO Max as well. Um, so yeah, so check it out. You know, if, if you're looking for like a cool kind of, you know, kid friendly show, kind of like along the lines of like a, uh, you know, Regular show, Adventure Time, Stevie Universe, uh, Amazing World of Gumball, um, sh no sh shows of that nature. Um, definitely check it out because, like I said, like Cracker the Creek has been running for a few years. Um, I only recently got into it within the last year myself, though. I had heard about it like. Maybe a year and some change ago, um, one of my buddies I used to work with that I still keep in touch with was telling me about it because him and his son um, watch it together. And so, um, so, yeah, so I, I, for the most part, I've watched it by myself, but there's some times where, you know, either Vash or one of my other, you know, some of my other kids be around and we'll watch it together. But uh, yeah, it, it's just simple show about uh, some kids going, going on adventures within a creek in their backyard. So... Yeah, like I said, Crack of the Creek. Check it out. Cool show. 
And then the uh, the last thing I kind of been slowly chipping away at is the the new DuckTales series that's on Disney Plus. Now this just finished airing. I think maybe within the last like couple of months, maybe it was like January, February, somewhere in there. Um, and I've heard nothing but phenomenal things about it. Uh, so yeah, so I've been watching, I'm maybe like four or five episodes in and I'm liking it, um, a lot. You know, I don't have too many memories about the older DuckTales series as far as like plot wise, <laughs> you know, literally the only thing I remember from the previous DuckTales series is just that intro because that mess is catchy as hell and so now coming back granted maybe it's just because hey that came out when i was a kid didn't know pay attention to whatever but this show immediately i'm like okay i'm interested in these characters and all this stuff and like i said hearing over the years of like people talking about hey you need to watch ducktales need to watch ducktales and then seeing the high praise and positive response to the finale uh, over the last couple of months made me go like, you know what? Hey, I have access to it all. I'll go ahead and watch it. So yeah, DuckTales, the, uh, the remake, um, check that out as well. So lots of good stuff. So, all right, that's pretty much it for what I've been watching. So take another quick break and we'll come back with some manga talk. All right. Time for some manga talk. So, uh, of course, hey. Uh, both uh, Jujutsu Kaisen and My Hero Academia are on break this week, but still got some stuff to talk about. I'm going to start off, of course, with One Piece. Now, before I get to the manga, I want to give a quick shout out to the anime episode. Um, all right, it was a One Piece anime episode 968. So, uh, I guess spoilers, 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 One Piece spoilers in general manga or anime and manga so this was the episode of the infamous roger laughs panel that we got in the manga um it was actually it was actually the first chapter we got in the manga for uh for 2020 so yeah here we are a year later getting to see that uh animated and they did it justice uh, you know, the, the music, you know, kind of caught me off guard at first, but then I found out afterwards that, that that was a song that was like from like one of the first endings of the anime. Um, and you know, after I listened to it a few more times, it kind of, you know, kind of grew on me a bit more, but, uh, but yeah, um, uh, the feelings and emotions, I feel like if, if, if you're a One Piece fan, Especially, hey, if you've made it this far into the series, <laughs> 900 plus episodes, a thousand plus chapters, and if you didn't feel anything, for one, when you read, if you read the chapter last year, but especially when you saw this anime episode, then I don't know what to tell you because this whole episode in general, basically just seeing the final stretch of Roger's journey, Roger's legacy, Roger's life. You know, we got to see him going to, um, it might, it might've been the last episode, but basically the last couple episodes seeing him, you know, go up to Skypea and learning that Odin 
was the one that carved the message that basically said, you know, Roger was here, you know, that he plans to to guide this text to the end. Roger was here, basically um, learning that when they went up to Skypea, uh, when they went down to Fishman Island and they met, you know, uh, King Neptune and stuff and then seeing, you know, the, the Sea Kings talking in both Odin and Roger hearing the voice of the Sea Kings uh, them both hearing the voices of Zunisha when they went to Zoe uh, you know, all, all, all these moments and then just seeing it, seeing it all culminate after, you know, hey, they got the the one red poneglyph that Roger stole from Big Mom and then the ones he got in Fishman Island and Wano when they took uh, uh, Odin's family, Toki, Hiori, and Momonosuke, dropped them off at Wano, got the red poneglyph ribbon and left and then went to Zoe. And then them find, using those coordinates and then going to the final island. And the that moment. Hold on one second. Okay, sorry, I had to find the uh, the manga, the manga uh, panels that correlate with the episode, just so I could kind of just look at it as I'm talking. But yeah, it was just like seeing these final moments. You know, of course, the newspapers flying out that that Gold Roger and the Roger Pirates had done it. They've basically circled the whole world, and now you know people calling him the King of the Pirates. And then, of course, the, the main events leading up to the laugh, us seeing Odin narrating all this as he is, you know, doing his journal and documenting it. And Odin saying, on that day, we learned the truth of the world, what the hundred year void was, what the will, what the people of DR, what the ancient weapons are learning that in the past, Wano was open to the world, and then, and then, in the face of that vast treasure, Roger just laughed. They all laughed. And, man, it, it was such a, it was such a iconic panel last year, and then seeing it in motion, with Roger and the whole crew just laughing. And then Roger saying, Oh joy boy, I wish I'd been born in your time. This is quite a treasure you left behind. A tale full of laughs. And then him telling his crew like, Hey, why don't we name this island that nobody has reached in 800 years? And then him saying, We'll call this island Laugh tale, boom, boom, and the episode ends. <sighs> awesome stuff, awesome, awesome, awesome stuff, man. Um, yeah, like I said, just, just kind of just want to give my my little, you know, just quick thoughts on that. Um, yeah, just, just a awesome and epic moment. All right, so moving on from Roger laughs. <laughs> over to Zoro Slices. <laughs> so, One Piece manga chapter 
1009 titled Naraku. Now, start off, we get this like really cool double page color spread of the whole Straw Hat crew chilling, playing the snow with a tanuki, some rice balls, and putting hats on some statues. So, really cool, really, really pretty cover. Now, let's dive into the craziness. So, yeah, just but before I get into the, the, the Zoro craziness, once again, spoilers, if you are not caught up, this is One Piece manga chapter 1009. One Piece manga chapter 1009. All right, so chapter starts off with Orochi running into all the samurai, all the Akazaya 9, and you know, <laughs> them looking confused running into each other and then Fukuro Kuju makes a little comment talking about oh yeah yeah they, they don't know that know that you already died once today and so of course Orochi's talking crap he transforms into his uh his Orochi multi-headed snake form and each of the samurai that are there slices off one of the heads and moves on, basically saying like, hey, we ain't got time for this crap. We need to move on. So, uh, so yeah, so they start moving on. And then we get set up for, uh, for a showdown between Rizo and Fukuro Kuju. Now, of course, both of these guys have history together. Rizo used to be part of the Oni Wambanchu, which is, you know, the, uh, the Shogun. It's kind of like, a personal ninja force or whatever. So he used to be part of that back in the day. Fukurakuji is the head of that. So of course we people have been speculating for for a long time that this is gonna happen eventually. So cool. Might get to see some cool ninja battles and stuff like that. So yeah. Um oh and last little note, you know, like previously, Orochi's probably not fully dead. He'll probably come back one more time. So <laughs> we'll see where that goes. Now, the main event, on the rooftop, back on the roof with, you know, Kaido and Big Mom, you know, versus, you know, Luffy, Zoro, Kid, Law, and Killer. So, start off with a bang, freaking Big Mom and Kaido pulling a combo attack called Conquest of the Sea. Now... A lot of people are obviously, you know, saying like, hey, this is kind of a uh, reminiscent of, you know, that uh, uh, Ikaku Sovereign move that Big Mom used. And I believe the uh, two giants, uh, what was the name of uh, Bragi and Dory, I believe, that was on, I believe it's called Little Garden, that they met way back in pre-time skip era of One Piece. They did a similar combo attack. But, um, but yeah, so Kato and Big Mom. Conquest of the Sea, combo attack, giant shockwave flies towards them. And of course, the freaking the power of the shockwave causes the whole freaking floating island to start tilting a bit. And who do we have? My boy Zoro. Come flying in, blocking. Zoro blocking a combo attack from two emperors, two Yonko, by himself. Yes, it might have only been for a second or two, but the fact that he did it at all 
Goat moves. Goat moves. Once again, proving why Zoro is a fan favorite, one of my favorite characters in the series. But yeah, he does that move, temporary blocks it, big explosion. And then uh, Law basically looks like Law had teleported everybody back towards where he was. Then we have, out of nowhere, Luffy going in with probably trying to hit him with a red with the uh, red hawk attack. Kaido dodges. Luffy makes a comment telling me like, oh, you dodged that one. Is it because it was going to hurt? Kaido goes in for a swing, knocks uh, Luffy back with his club. Uh, launches this freaking hyper beam looking attack at Luffy. Luffy dodges. We see uh, Kaido spiraling up in the air with this freaking long ass tail. Uh, and then he does this freaking attack that is very reminiscent of a move that uh, Zoro did versus Pika where Zoro did the uh, the three worlds or 3,000 worlds fold or whatever. The, the move he used basically to slice Pika in half back in Dress Rosa. So Kaido's doing a similar thing because he's you know, spinning his club around in the air and the move is called Conqueror of Three Ver Conqueror of three worlds, Ragnaraku just slams down on Luffy. Now, kind of we cut away from that and see that Kid and Law are up to some shenanigans as we see Kid created this kind of metal cube looking thing. And Law activates his room and teleports Zeus into the metal box. So now Zeus is trapped. Zoro hops up, goes in, slices Prometheus into pieces. Um, he slices him in half. Then he goes back for more and does this attack called Flame Rend, crossing the six paths, just dicing. Uh, Prometheus to pieces and then we have Killer chasing after Napoleon and all three of the homies are screaming at the Big Mom Mama help us <laughs> Kid tries to go in against Big Mom with this punk pistols attack and then Big Mom is like yo you think just because you took them away from me that you actually stand a chance and just smacks Kid right into the ground Kid was using that as a distraction because, of course, you no, know, she's on him. And so he attaches his metal arm. He uses his metal arm to grab onto her. And then he does a repel attack, uh, which, you know, of course, shoots Big Mom up into the sky. Law does attack, launches a giant boulder at Big Mom. Now... Of course, Big Mom was like, like, man, what the heck? What is a boulder supposed to do? But she doesn't realize that, hey, the boulder or the purpose of the attack was basically to knock her off of the flying island. So, yeah, so the chapter ends with Big Mom tumbling off of Onigashima. So we'll see where things go with that. You know, I doubt, obviously, it's Big Mom. She's not going to be down for the count. Either, you know, one of her kids will save her. Maybe because, you know, we know that we haven't seen the rest of her kids that are still on her ship. 
since the last time. I think it was, I think Marco kicked them down the waterfall the second time because it was, it was a king knocked them off the waterfall first. Then Marco did it the second time. And so maybe, hey, they'll show up just in time to, to save her. Um, maybe they're above, you know, flying across the flower capital. So maybe she'll land on the ground. Who knows? We'll see next week. But main point, this chapter is freaking bonkers, crazy. Zoro just going in, the fact that he was able to temporarily block a combo attack from Kaido in his hybrid form and Big Mom and then proceed to freaking slice up Prometheus and all this other stuff. And I, overall, I just loved all the, com all the uh, you know, different combo moves, seeing all these crazy named attacks like Kaido with the Conqueror of Three Worlds, Ragnaroku move, Kid and Killer or Kid and uh, Law doing combo moves. So yeah, overall, this chapter is just pure, pure, pure hype. <laughs> you know, pretty much like once we got past the beginning with the Rochi stuff, it was just insane from that point onward. So can't wait till sometime next year we see this chapter animated because man, just looking at recently what the anime's been doing with, you know, like a, like a Whitebeard and Roger and all the Odin fight stuff and so on and so forth and how good everything has been looking. Uh, Zoro versus Killer, all that stuff. I can't even imagine. It's like when they, when we get to the rooftop stuff and especially this chapter, how crazy good everything is going to look. So, yeah, and we'll be back next week with another chapter. We're not on break, luckily. So, yeah, hype. We'll see what's going to happen happen with the next chapter. So, yeah. All right, so moving on. So, uh, th this week I kind of figured, because I was like, well, since both Jujutsu Kaisen and My Hero Academia were both on break, which, side note, it was pretty cool learning that both uh, Horikoshi, the author of, of My Hero, and then uh, Gege, the author of Jujutsu Kaisen, both of them went to go see the new uh, Evangelion movie or something in theaters together uh, last week or week before. And so, you know, of course, people were just joking, like, hey, both of them are on break this week. It's like, man, did the movie do that too much to him? So, but, anywho, just just a little side thing, you know, like I said, just just cool just see, seeing and knowing that, you know, that these manga authors are, uh, you know, hanging out and doing stuff together um, outside of work, quote-unquote. So, but yeah, so since, with, with, with those series kind of being off, this week was a good time for me to kind of go back and catch up on some stuff I had, you know, I've mentioned before that I've been behind on. So, um, and I figured it'd be, you know, a good chance for me to kind of bring up and highlight, you know, some, some smaller series, newer series that I've been enjoying and stuff. Uh, so yeah, so the first one I'm going to talk about is called, uh, Sakamoto Days. Now, Sakamoto Days you know, like I said, for a fairly new series. I'm kind of trying to look real quick. Um, it's only it's only 18 chapters in so far. It just started in November of 2020. So not far, you know, like I said, just 
18 chapters and so forth. But uh, but yeah, but basically this uh, and just kind of give a little bit of background of the series. Basically, the series follows a guy named Taro Sakamoto, who is a former hitman. But, you know, he basically left the hitman life to, you know, have a family. He has a wife, has a daughter, and they run a convenience store in town. So trying to live a simple life. Well, certain things happen and now people are trying to come after him. And so it's another one that's kind of really cool, kind of like half comedy, half action series. And so the action's top notch. The comedy is on point. Really nice and fun characters and stuff. And so, uh, and you know, it it has some very wholesome moments. So just, just kind of just like highlighting just like a few things, you know, from these chapters I was kind of catching up on. So, uh, kind of kind of finish off. It was a couple of assassins was after him. During his time with when him and his family were at a uh, at a like a fair or like like an amusement park or whatever, so him trying to you know take care of these guys without alerting his family because uh, obviously his wife know I think his his wife knows what he used to do, but kind of like one of their family rules is basically no killing and basically not doing any of that stuff anymore. So he's having to fend off, or he's you know, trying to fend off all these different assassins coming after him while, you know, keeping his wife out of the loop and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's just been fun. Um, and it's kind of been one of those things, kind of, kind of like a little bit of what happened in One Punch Man a bit to where um, every so often after they've beaten or taken down a foe, they'll end up, you know, coming and hanging out with them. So, you know, like I mentioned, Sakamoto, him and his family run a convenience store. So, so far, a couple of characters that they've had to deal with and stuff are now friends with them, and they also work at the convenience store. <laughs> so, it's just kind of funny just, you know, watch all this stuff play out. But um, but it, it was a very, uh, like I said, him, you know, dealing with the people at the amusement park, and stuff, and then there was a chapter where his daughter was one of this like really uh, like exclusive um, backpack. There was, I, I guess, like I, I think the backpack had like a a character or an idol or something or whatever that she really loved, and it was a, this limited edition thing, and she wanted it because she was about to start going to grade school soon, and of course, hey. Him being a dad, being a parent, you want you no, know, you want to try to get your kids these cool things like, oh hey, I want this game or this toy or whatever. So he ventures out uh to 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 the store, to the shopping center to try to get this, whatever. And it's just all these wacky moments of them having to deal with not just normal people, but also like um there was this group of like uh of like grandmas and mothers and and uncles and whatever. It was a couple of grandmas. It's like, it was like, like I, I need to get this for my grandbaby. My grandbaby deserves the best and stuff, whatever. They up here elbow dropping, drop kicking, punching people and stuff. It, it was just funny and wild. And, you know, them going in on Sakamoto and stuff and him just persevering and enduring. And then them kind of just showing him respect. Like, okay, hey, <laughs> 
this guy is putting up with a lot. So that, that was a fun chapter. And then recently there was a, so there was a, uh, or there, there's currently a bounty on Sakamoto's head. So that's kind of why the people are after him at the amusement park and stuff. And so, uh, so yeah, so that kind of continued. There was this new assassin dude that showed up that, you know, was planning to, to take them out, but he's kind of, uh, uh, not so smart. I guess it's the simplest way to say it. So they were able to easily kind of fool this dude because the guy comes into the store and looking for him. So he, he had a photo of how Sakamoto used to look, you know, years ago. Cause I think, I think it's been about five years or so since Sakamoto has been out of the assassin game. So he had a photo of him who's you know a little bit younger, a little bit slimmer, um, and stuff. But um, this dude kind of comes in to the store and he's like, "Hey, uh, I'm looking for this guy." And holds up a picture, and one of the one of the the, uh, the new people on Sakamoto side is basically like, "Oh no, 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 he's not here." And the guy's like, "Well, the store is called Sakamoto's, right?" And the dude is basically like, "Yeah, but." There's a ton of there's a ton of the stores all over Japan, and I'm pretty sure there's like uh, you know thousands of people named Taro Sakamoto. So so then the assassin dude starts getting depressed and all this stuff, and he's like, man, okay, man, I can't, I, I just can't catch any luck. And you kind of find out that, uh, basically this dude has had a rough life. You know, he uh kind of gets crapped on at previous jobs he has, even even being being an assassin people talking down on him because the only thing he's good at is sharpshooting and sniping. But as far as like close range, it's like, oh, what, what's up with you, dude? You can't even use a knife and, you know, all this stuff. So, and, and, and the guy, he just wants to have a good life for him and his pet bird. <laughs> Very wholesome stuff. Uh, so they end up, so they end up needing to, uh, to get some money to do repairs and stuff in the shop because, oh, look, I guess I'll back up a bit. So, so of course, during all the chaos or whatever at the amusement park, the wife finds out the assassins are after him and she basically tells him like, hey, fine, deal with it because one of the rules of the family is we don't lie or keep secrets from each other. So, so, yeah, so he told her everything's going on and she basically tells him like, hey, deal with it, take care of it or whatever. Um, and so, so there is this airsoft gun tournament going on where the prize is a million dollars, million yen, whichever it is. And so Sakamoto and one of his new dudes, they go into it, go into it as a tag team. And of course, who else is there? But the, the, the assassin dude with his bird. Now the people at the registration thing aren't letting him in because they're like, Hey, this event is for teams only. You and your bird do not count as a team. <laughs> and so the guy looks all sad and he sees Sakamoto and he's like, hey, guys. And ends up teaming up with them. And then that's when you start seeing like, yo, this dude is a beast when it comes to shooting and sniping because they're he's taking out the other teams in the airsoft gun tournament or whatever, left and right. And then uh, this girl, this part of Sakamoto's team, whatever, she has a thing to where, hey, when she gets drunk, she's also super strong, but then she just loose lips. 
So she's drunk. She's just talking and ends up revealing that, like, yes, this is the Sakamoto that the assassin dude has been looking for. So midway through this tournament, they start fighting and going at it. And then, but then eventually they kind of come to terms and and find common common ground and end up winning the tournament because you know the dude, you know, obviously he's trying to take out Sakamoto them, but Sakamoto, like the badass he is. So they do something to basically to snuff out the sniper dude's location. Sakamoto, he's he's on the ground behind a building. The dude is like on the rooftop a few buildings away. Sakamoto picks up a rock, flicks it through the air. It goes through the scope and just shatters the dude's rifle. That, of course, breaks his spirit. But like I said, they end up, you know, reconciling, working together. And yeah, that, that's kind of how, how the most recent chapter ended. But um, but yeah, like I said, very fun series. Um, Sakamoto Days. Um, yeah, my, my catch up. Uh, yesterday and today was I read through chat, caught up on chapters 10 through 18, 18 being the most recent. So, yeah, definitely check it out if you're looking for a fun, you know, like it's just kind of like comedic slash, you know, action packed series. Sakamoto Days. Next manga series, can I just give, give a little quick shout out to is, uh, is Mashal of Magic and Muscles. Now, the simplest way for me to kind of describe Mashal, um, if, if you know if some of you haven't heard me talk about it before, is basically One Punch Man in the Harry Potter world. That's pretty much it. You know, pretty much instead of being a world of heroes and stuff, it's a world of magic. Now, our you know, our main character, Mashal, can't use magic, but he just flexes just off of pure strength. So, like I said, just as a brief reminder, because I'm pretty sure I probably might have mentioned that before on a previous episode. But, um, but yeah, so I, I kind of did a catch up on that as well. That was what I read chapters 52 to 57. So this is another series that isn't that old. It just started January of last year. So just a little over a year old. Um, another series kind of like Sakamoto Days to where, and like I say, in One Punch Man to where it's just really fun. You know, has a good mix of comedy, good, definitely some really good, super awesome, just action panels and stuff. And yeah, like I said, I, you know, it's, it's this is definitely a series that, you know, I don't do or I can't really do like week to week discussions on because it's not really that type of series where it has like this really big story focus. But, you know, it, it was just. You know, like I said, it's, it's just a really cool and fun read. Um, you know, right now they're in the middle of this uh, this tournament to basically decide who's going to become the next. Uh, I think it's called a divine visionary candidate or something like that. Basically, think of that as like a, uh, I guess, kind of like like a maybe like a Jonin in Naruto or. Trying to think of something from other series, maybe maybe like a wizard captain, something like that, or whatever, and Black Clover, just just stuff like that. To where it's it's not necessarily like Hokage or Pirate King or like the top of the top. It's close, um, or or I guess it's kind of like in that same ballpark as far as like end goals. But 
But yeah, so they're, they're kind of in a tournament um, regarding that at the moment. And so the enemy that they were fighting, basically his magic basically negated all damage to himself. So any basically any, any damage that was inflicted upon him was automatically getting healed. And then that pain was going to whoever his opponent is. So if, you know, so like Mash, Mash or his teammate, whoever, going in punching the dude, well, those punches basically end up getting the damage gets reflected back onto them. And so what this dude would do is he, he would have a knife on him and he would just stab his legs, cut up his arms, you know, slice his neck, whatever, because he would heal and then that would be taking out the other person. So, but Mashal being the beast he is, pushes through and he basically starts doing or dealing more damage faster than the guy could heal. So it basically just became a speed thing to where it was like, hey, this guy is attacking so fast that the dude's body isn't able to keep up. And that's how he ends up destroying him and taking him out. Now, moving on from there, uh, before he gets into, um, looks like next chapter, he's going to have like a really big one versus one fight. But before then, this, uh, a divine missionary, a divine visionary called Caldo Gehenna shows up and basically says that he wants to test MASH and see what all the talk is about. And so they play this little game of what's it called? Things called like you look, you lose. So basically, you know, you point in a in direction. If the person looks into the, in that direction, they lose. Very should be very simple, but what the dude does is, you know, he makes this little circle around Mash that he has to stay inside of, and so you know, it starts out pretty simple. It's like, hey, the, the guy points to the left, and it's okay, don't look to the left. But then what he does is he makes uh this like spike come out come about the ground. And so when he points up, the guy makes a spike come up at the ground to basically force, you know, try to like knock Mash's head and make him look up. So that's basically what the back and forth is. And so Mash, of course, is doing all these like creative ways to dodge whatever and move out the way, blocking attacks without looking. And so at the end, the dude does this technique where he's just like slicing and dicing with the sword trying to keep from looking in all directions. And <laughs> basically, I'm trying to think. I think I think MASH needed to keep looking down. Let me see. Yeah, yeah, he needed to keep looking down. But the guy, the way he was swinging was going to force him to look up. So MASH freaking planted his feet into the ground. He jumped into the air. And took that whole section of the floor with him and swung it up in the air so that he would be able to dodge the dude's attack while still looking down so he you know, wouldn't lose the game or whatever. So, anywho, like I said, that's that's Mashal. Very cool stuff. Um, 
we're getting set up for a very big one versus one against this dude named uh, Margaret Macaron. So, and this guy kind of does like some uh, like music magic. So, yeah, they're definitely looking forward to that fight and seeing how that goes. But yeah, like I said, just uh, check it out. Martial magic and muscles. All right. And we're ending off today's manga section with a banger. Last minute entry, Dr. Stone. So, the chapter was off last week, or actually for the last two weeks, I think. What's last? The last day was March 21st. So, yeah, so Dr. Stone has been out for two weeks. And I almost forgot about it until I was scrolling through looking at stuff, you know, for One Piece and Masho and Sakamoto Days. Man, I am glad I did not miss to talk about this today. So, Dr. Stone, manga chapter 191. Spoilers. Major, major spoilers. If you're an anime-only person, get out of here. Dr. Stone, manga chapter 191. Divine Scream, Down to Earth. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I was almost very close to doing a freaking live reading to this, but of course I was like, ah, this is a podcast. Might not play well, but hey. So yeah, so man, so this chapter, we have the squad that's in, I think I think this is still in uh, what you call it, Castle in California, if I remember correctly. So uh, Magma them. Basically, you know, they got the word from Cinco of like, hey, things ain't working out so good down here in Brazil or in South America. We need y'all's help. We need y'all to do something on, on y'all's end. So basically... It's a mad dash to get one of the petrification devices to activate. Because right now, really, the only way to save everybody is to petrify everybody again. So, this is the literal definition of suicide mission to the T. So, we have people going in, fighting, and dying left and right. Like, legit getting... Holes blasted through them, stab, so on and so forth, explosions, like, yeah. So basically, we have you no know, Senku saying, you gotta make it to the Medusa, you gotta make it so the Medusa swallows us all up. We're knocking on heaven's door, so this is our one chance at victory, our one chance to seize victory, there won't be another. And basically saying the calamity from 3,700 years ago turned the world to stone. But this time, we're using science to let her rip ourselves. To save all of humanity, we got to destroy ourselves. And that's basically Senku's call to action of like, hey, the only way we're going to get out of this is we got to make some sacrifices to get one of these petrification devices activated. So, yeah, hold on a second. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, so we're seeing people getting shot and blasted left and right and hold on okay sorry about that I had to pause real quick somebody was trying to call me um so yeah so the uh the enemy team they're up freaking out because of course they don't know what's going on but they figure like okay they're doing something to try to get to this petrification device we need to get it out of here so they're going in 
uh, I can't remember this chick's name, but she flips in, the acrobat chick flips in, steals the keys to the thing from the, off the dude's neck. He just straight gun, black, black, blasts her arm to pieces. The key falls, but our boy Magma comes through with the keys, unlocks the little uh, safe thing that is guarding the last Medusa device, opens it up. Magma, black, black, gets blasted to pieces. Everybody's laying on the ground, bodies decimated, and the enemy's like, okay, it's all over. Yeah, I think that's all of them. Then the watchmaker dude, out of nowhere, jumps up, grabs the petrification device. The enemy dude slams the slams the uh, the the chest thing shut on his arm. So we had this freaking metal, basically like like a treasure chest looking thing, whatever, just slammed shut on poor dude's arm. And the guy is like, is like, man, why'd you have to go and betray us? And basically, you know, they have their little talk back and forth. And so, basically, the secret trap is that the guy's watch, so like I said, this is the, the watchmaker guy. The guy's watch has a built-in radio receiver built into the watch itself. So, from with you know his 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 arm with the watch is trapped inside with the petri petrification device. So we learned a while back that there is a constant radio broadcast going out of the person known as Y Man, the guy that's on the moon that has Senku's voice, just repeatedly saying the same command. That basically does the petrification big enough to engulf the whole planet. So that signal goes to the watch. And so we have this kind of like last bit of a uh, uh, dialogue from the watch dude. And so he's basically like basically telling the guys that the that the order or that the call won't come from them. But from God up in heaven, don't tell me you didn't know. Haven't you been attending science class all this time? Those radio waves have been screaming from the heavens down to earth. And we get this beautiful panel of the moon, you know, above earth. And he says, the mysterious Y-Man's message is being spoken with Senku's voice. It's repeating at regular intervals. No way you'd miss all those king size radio waves shooting down from the moon. And then we hear it. 1,800, 12,800,000 meters one second. And, you know, a lot of the crew that are down on the floor, bloody, bleeding to death, are saying, you know, just kind of, you know, laughing and just saying their like, kind of like last words of like, of course, mm -hmm. in the end. It's why man who does it well with Senku's voice anyway. This will destroy the world and save it all over again. The future science of Dr. Stone. And then we see the beginning of the freaking wave, the petrification wave uh, going out from this location 
uh, presumably about to engulf the entire planet again. So, woo, was not expecting that. So, you know, like I said, you know, like 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 the original plan was to just, hey, use use the petrification mm-hmm. device down there in in uh, South America to freeze, you know, all of Senku's crew that have been injured as well as Stanley's crew, Stanley's crew, and then leaving you know, one or two people outside of of that bubble to come in and save them. But now with them triggering the petrification to engulf the entire planet again, this is insane. You know? Cause it's like it's like what what is the play here? Because because there there's literally gonna be nobody left on Earth at least to get out of this. Now, is this just going to be a thing to where we're going to have a freaking time time skip to Senku or somebody, you know, breaking out of the stone again, but like a thousand more years in the future or something like that? Like, this is freaking mind-boggling um, and very exciting, you know? So, and especially knowing that that, hey, there's going to be another chapter next week. And I guess, man, <laughs> this is truly the start of something big because now, now I see probably why the uh, the author took a uh, took a break for two weeks to, to plan for this because, man, I was not expecting this. And like I said, I'm, I'm definitely glad I caught it and read it on this on, on the podcast this week because this is pretty wild, you know, for the most part, you know, Dr. Stone has some good moments, but then every so often we get these like, these like series shifting big moments, you know, like, like, like when they first uh, built the boat, which speaking of which side note real quick, um, if, if I didn't mention it last week, I can't remember enough, but they announced, you know, Hey, Dr. Stone season three, and they teased it with the, uh, with them, going on the boat so yeah but yeah so moments like like them building the boat and getting to leave the country them finding about the Y man and him being on the moon and that's kind of like where we're being better towards is like hey we need to get to the moon and just other key moments like that of the series and this is one of them is yeah I'm, I'm just very curious like man like where the hell is things gonna go from here is next chapter gonna be like you know time skip 50 years later or something or whatever and then Senku or somebody else is breaking out the stone so wow yeah uh wild stuff but yeah um Dr. Stone another good read uh very exciting can't wait to see where where things go from there and so yeah I I think that'll kind of wrap up the manga talk for the week um like I mentioned earlier in the show I have lots of new physical manga volumes I need to read. So, you know, I got these um, 20th Century Boys Perfect Edition Volumes 1 and 2. Um, this new series from the same author called Mujirushu, The Sign of Dreams. I've got Villain Saga books or Villain Saga manga books 5 six and seven as well as 11 so i got plenty of stuff to read as well as you know like i keep mentioning before um who knows how far behind in kingdom i am 
how far behind I am at solo leveling. Yeah, man, it's a bunch of stuff going on. Now, uh, last little reminder, by the time this, by the time my next podcast come out, uh, the final chapter of Attack on Titan should be out. So let me look at the calendar. Yeah, officially, the last chapter of Attack on Titan, manga chapter 139, will release officially on April 9th. So next Friday. So I'm kind of thinking about it. I think there's a chance I might do like a special Attack on Titan dedicated episode um, between, you know, this episode and the next one, just kind of give it its own space. Cause I feel like that's that chapter deserves its own podcast, its own moment. Cause it kind of, I want to talk about everything in full detail, unfiltered, everything, you know, about my initial thoughts and things of how the series ended also talking about, I'll probably also talk about just, just my journey with Attack on Titan in general, as far as like how I got into it, and you know, me and my wife connecting over it, so on and so forth, so, so yeah, so, so be on the lookout for that, um, like I said, sometime over the next week, um, and yeah, so, I'm gonna take one last little break, and we're gonna head out into the, uh, outro. And that's a wrap for another episode of Dad Needs to Talk. As usual, thank you to everybody for listening, for sharing, showing some love. Uh, yeah, this was another fun episode. Um, had lots of really cool and really fun things to talk about. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I got tons of physical manga I gotta you know find time for. Diving back into Outriders. And yeah, just kind of <laughs> still thinking about freaking Dr. Stone. I, I literally read that chapter like right before I recorded that part of the podcast. Like, yeah. So still, still kind of a lot of thoughts on that mulling around in my brain. But yeah, once again, um, as usual, thank you to Rifty Beats for the music. If you want to follow me on social media, I am at MastermindRob7 on Twitter. Any questions or comments, feel free to email me at dnttpodcast at gmail.com. That's dnttpodcast at gmail.com. And at some point in the coming future, I should hopefully have a website up at some point um because i had one head and uh i forgot to mention this earlier i had one head and bought the domain so that i can make sure i not claim ownership of you know the, the name of my show because you never know where things are going to go and you know, me thinking oh, you know hey this is something that i am of course doing for fun but i figured like you know what go ahead and snatch up the name now while it's available um versus you know i get you know months years and down the road and then you know trying to uh, you know, scramble to get that sorted out. So, so yeah. So, like I said, not not gonna be happening in the immediate future, but I have you know trying to formulate some plans to get that done. So, uh, so yeah. So, I hope everybody has a good week ahead of you. Uh, as usual, you know, be kind to others. 
be kind to yourself. Treat to, treat yourself to something nice. Um, any kindness you get, pay it forward. Um, last little side story. So me, me and my family had went out to eat the other night, and randomly, this lady that was you know in there before us, she kindly paid for my whole family's meal. Like we walked in the door. And, you know, my wife went in first, the kids followed soon, and then, you know, me and, me and Vash, baby boy, was coming in last or whatever, so I'm just in the back just chilling, whatever, zoning out. And then, um, anywho, so yeah, so, you know, my wife kind of calls me up to the front, and she's like, hey, this lady paid for our food, so I'm like, whoa, you know, just, just random acts of kindness, you know, definitely, you know, um, made my day, so I would definitely, you know, be uh, paying that kindness forward. Um, at some point, so yeah, like I said, just, just want to just kind of just share that last little, you know, quick, quick little story. So, um, yeah, be easy, y'all have a good week, be safe out there, enjoy some shows, read some manga, and I'll catch y'all in the next one. Bye, peace.